Hey, what's going on, my beautiful people? Welcome to the Mindful Love Podcast, a podcast that was created to discuss topics like relationships, anxiety, depression, healthy mindsets, and anything personal development. I thank you guys for joining me, and I look forward to watching your journey. A breath of fresh air, now that's a good feeling. Welcome to episode one of the Mindful Love Podcast. This is your host, Coach Court. And today I want to talk to you a little bit about depression and how people struggle with depression. As somebody who personally struggled with depression himself, I can tell you it wasn't easy to get out of. Now, I just did a live session on this topic and I felt it was a good topic to talk about for my very first episode. The topic of that live session was it's probably your fault that you're in depression. It's your fault that you continue to stay in depression. And I don't want to be insensitive about the topic because I know how serious of a matter it is and how you can just really feel crippled and debilitated from depression. But I was able to get myself out of it. And that's kind of the reason that I wanted to come on here today and talk to you a little about it. What I did, how I did it. But you have to have a open mind when it comes to your healing and things that will help you in the long run. My favorite mentor, Dr. Wayne Dyer, says that you should have a mind that is open to everything but attached to nothing. And that's what it, that's exactly what it took for me to get myself out of depression. The first thing that I had to do was to shift my paradigm in thinking. I had to change the narrative of my life. It was fun for a while to lay in depression, be stressed out, no responsibilities, uh, that numbness, which, you know, when you're grieving, you're going through something that was a big loss for you. Uh, you kind of want to take that time to be depressed. Because you don't want to repress those feelings. You want to be able to feel them. You have to feel them to heal them. And my mom used to say, you got to go through to get through. So that's exactly what you have to do sometimes. But when you stay in depression and you stay depressed in that state, you're choosing that. You know, I wrote a quote not too long ago that said, you need to stop waking up every day and renewing your subscription to depression. Because you get to choose the mindset that you have. It takes 21 days to start a new habit. And that's kind of what I did. Every single day, I woke up and listened to something that was about positive mindset, positive mental attitude. And those people were people like Napoleon Hill and Earl Nightingale. James Allen, As a Man Thinketh, was the book that really did it for me. I listened to that on YouTube pretty often. And that completely shifted my paradigm. It let me know that I am where I'm at because my thinking got me there. No circumstance, no condition can stop you from changing your external world. Your internal world is just a reflection of your external world and vice versa. You're at where you're at because 
You put yourself there. So when I'm on my coaching calls and I'm trying to give people the tools that they need in order to get themselves out of their weird states because your relationships, and this is what I do for a living as I do relationship coaching, your relationship is just a symptom of what's going on inside of your world. I've seen pretty often where people become anxious or they become depressed from a breakup. It completely changes who they are and they struggle. But I haven't worked with anybody who maintained their centeredness, uh, meaning that they didn't fall into depression or they didn't become anxious because something happened with their relationship. It usually goes hand in hand. Now, everybody knows that if you're here on this podcast, the way that I got here today was through my teachings of attachment styles. My YouTube channel, Coach Court, is kind of my um, my wheelhouse as far as uh, what I know about attachment styles and relationships. But we're not here to talk about that. We're talking about depression. There are so many things out there that can help you with your depression. But you have to want it. You have to want it more than I want it. And when I'm coaching, I'm not going to work harder than you're going to work. You know, if we set goals and we set a plan for you and you decide not to follow that plan, you know, that's kind of on you. Like one of my guys that I listened to, he said, you have to participate in your own rescue. Which means if you're out drowning at sea and a person tries to come save you, you have to participate. And I can tell you that if you're fighting back and you're splashing and you're you're basically struggling to let that person help you then you both are going to drown so the person most likely will let you go and this is what happens when I go I'm gonna go down a checklist of some of the things that I do an example of how I try to help people with their depression you know I usually recommend counseling or therapy first and foremost or for them to go get a mental health check and just to see if they are struggling from either chronic depression or situational because situational you can get yourself out of if you just kind of switch up your daily routine maybe start working out more hanging out with friends more uh, getting back to uh, your normal self post breakup but for the chronic depression you kind of need to get yourself together as far as like balancing out those chemicals that's unbalanced in your mind. And we go down that list, you know, medication first. You know, they usually shoot that down. I'm not going to lie. Uh, there are people who are willing to do those things, to take the meds. But usually they say, I don't take medications. It's not something that I do. Whether it be um, religious beliefs or whether it be how their family has always, has always done things or how they view mental health. So... You know, I let them know that it's really hard for you to outwill yourself out of chronic depression. You're going to have to do some work. You're going to have to take something that's going to balance out the things in your mind that isn't working for you. And if they shoot that down, then we go to meditation. You know, I think that the root word of medication and meditation has a lot to do with each other. It's pretty similar. Um, and it's no coincidence that meditation can do just as much for you as medication can if you learn how to properly meditate. And then I get the excuse of I can't quiet my mind. I can't do it. I've tried it. Uh, I'm a bad meditator. Um, 
It's just not something that I'm willing to do. Because now I'm starting to realize that they just want the magic fix. And I have to tell them that there is no magic fix. You have to do the work. So meditation. They shoot that one down. I say, okay, well, let's go down the list here again. What about working out? Are you working out regularly? Because when you have that trapped, stuck energy inside you, you know, it kind of raises your level of cortisol. And when you have high levels of cortisol, certain things can happen. Like you can experience fatigue and mood swings, depression, you know, irregular uh, mental fogginess and even muscle weakness. Those are things that can happen when you have those levels of cortisol. So you have to do the things that you need to do in order to release that negative energy. But then they say, you know, I really don't have time to work out and I work a lot. Um, I can't fit that in my schedule. And one thing I used to do when I was mentoring kids was I used to make them aware of their I am's and some of the things that were crippling beliefs, debilitating beliefs, limited mindset. Because I can tell you that the things that you want in life, you have no problem switching things around, uh, not paying bills on time, um, postponing luncheons with your parents just so you can be with that one person. You do what you want to do. You make excuses for yourself. So when my youth used to say things like, I am no good at that. I can't do that. I had to remind them about the I am's that they were telling themselves. I am no good at this. I am no good at that. You're owning that, which means you're automatically tying one hand behind your back and you're stopping yourself from being able to do that just by simply saying that I can't do that. I am no good at that. That's another one of the tools that I like to use. Affirmations. Have them do daily affirmations so they can get themselves to a more empowered state of mind. It's one of the things that I continue to do every day. Personally, I do affirmations and I say a prayer of gratitude every single day. Because when you learn how to think about the things that you're grateful for in your life, the things that you don't have automatically pushes out it's like when you have a mind that is so grateful the ungrateful the lack mindset there's no more room it pushes out of your mind so if you continue to do the things that i just said in this podcast or if you just starting i encourage you to do the things that i just said which is if you have to go get medication get medication meditate healthy eating exercise, affirmation. These are all things that if you combine these things together, I promise you, I promise you, it will 100% alter your life. And like I said before, it takes 21 days to form a new habit. Do that for 21 days. Push it 30 days if you can. You want to know how I started my gratitude prayers every day? I wrote a note on my coffee pot and it asks, I asked myself, have you prayed today? I wasn't allowed to take a drink of coffee until I said my morning gratitude prayer. I wanted to do it for 30 days. That 30 days turned to 
60 days, then 90 days. And next thing you know, I had a new habit. Now I feel weird when I don't say my prayer of gratitude because it makes me feel like something's missing. I encourage you to do all of that. I encourage you to participate in your own rescue.